Hello and welcome to Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast starring me, Stackatan. Stackateka? Yeah, aka Tanner Greenring. And I'm joined, as always, by my absolutely disgusting, horrifying co-host. Hated looking at this thing. Hated putting eyes on it. I hated looking at me also. Blasselfalosh. Oh, God. Bless Falon. What a what an eldritch horror that is. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. And welcome back for the second time this season. Here to keep us on track. Yep. To help explain the differences between the games we decided to play and the games we decided to abandon. <laughs> and just our, our new friend and hopefully frequent co-host, Greg Lord. Hello. Lord. A.K.A. Greg Leatherman. I have one question. Just one? Okay. How can you two fur affinity perverts mm-hmm. yeah. have anything to say about Machamp Shove? Oh, wow. You're just going right into that. How can you two fur affinity admin admitted have anything to say about a gentle creature cradling you and protecting you to get you through some tough times? I, I just want answers. I think everybody in the bug catcher nation wants answers i think we're just shining a light on it i don't think we're saying even anything negative about it. i think we both have plenty of negative things to say about machamp <laughs> yeah. there's implications but i don't i think we're letting them lie i don't know that we're necessarily shoving uh machamp shoving an opinion i think we're just here to say like hey look this is happening we're all pretending it's not happening but look it's happening <laughs> pokemon is doing this they're putting this in the games that's our job. I have a question for you also. Does it make it better or worse to know that Machamp is not wearing a swimsuit? That is oh, part of their oh body. man. I mean, we've we've tried to corner <laughs> guests on this yeah. before. And if you think you have a sort of like thought technology on why these Pokemon, like my favorite, Polyrath, where and how they're being clothed. Well, who would be putting on the clothes? But why would they have underwear <laughs> you think that's organic so it is said that the machamp machamp only has the belt the belt is clothing the rest is skin and fur where are they getting the belt who gave him the belt greg where do you get belts normally when you machamp goes to the store he goes to target yeah yeah and buys a belt he won it in he won it in world war wrestling pokemon champions he's a champion he's in that royal avenue i've never seen him a champ without a belt that's true. Well, sorry. I guess I have. I've been on for infinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have. I know you have, you pervert. Here's the other thing. They did sort of answer the clothing question when they introduced Levani. Oh, that's right. Because Levani became like the sewing Pokemon and in there said makes clothing. That was their like very weak retcon. Here you go. This one does it. This has been doing it forever. There's a whole clothing option. Wow. That's the information we needed. I'm glad we have you on. Such a font. There's so many of these clothed Pokemon, like Lee Vanny's whole thing is that. I mean, how could they do anything else? Yeah. It must be sweatshops filled yeah. with Levanis, you know? Do you know how many people breed Levani to try to get a perfect shiny and then release those out in the world? There's billions of them at this point, of course. Oh, yeah. It's a whole empire. All right, well, as long as they're getting fair wages and, and they... Like they're not. Nothing. They're not. They're, but look, they're we, not. We know that there's there is the most bizarre money system in the Pokemon world that has ever existed. Yeah. Also, all problems are handled by 
Pokemon battles. So I would my ideal anime is to show like everybody's day to day life. Like a businessman gets stopped at the airport by TSA and they're like, Can we check your bag? I don't know. Can you beat me in a battle? Let's yeah. go right here, right now. Oh, yeah. If you can take me down, you can search my bag. Any kind of disagreement. It's sort of a perfect world. It's a little like The Purge. Yeah. I think that would be cool, too. I mean, I think that's part of like why I loved Detective Pikachu is you see parts of like a normal world of Pokemon, like day to day life. I think that's why like Andor was a good show because you see like regular Star Wars people like <laughs> like trying to live. Like, we want to just see the regular people dealing with like these Pokemon and all these weird creatures and how they interact. So I would definitely be into that kind of a show. Well, and surely in the in the real world where Pokemon exists, like ninety nine point nine percent of people are not Pokemon trainers, right? And are just like yeah, you know, bus drivers. They're just living their life. They're just trying. They're just doing what they can. Welcome to the show. This is Experience Shared's Pokemon podcast. We play through all the Pokemon games, gym by gym, week by week, trial by trial, route by route. We've tried everything. No more trials after this. Have you tried route by route? Try route. See how route feels for you. Route. I don't think either Josh or I say route. We're both route guys, not route guys. Yeah. But you could become route people. I don't think I can. Route. <laughs> route by route. See? It sounds so formal. It sounds great. Route by route. We've beaten the game. So we're just like freewheeling now in the post credits. Chasing waterfalls, yet there are no waterfalls to chase. Maybe there aren't waterfalls in Alola. Isn't that confusing? I mean, I got waterfalled by Kyogre a couple times. They may have they may have ditched waterfall in, in Alola. Very strange that we would be in a tropical paradise that is known for its, the the region it's based on is known for its waterfalls and we don't get a single damn waterfall. Not this one. Were you paying attention, Josh? This is like a multiverse. I know there's the TM, but I actually can't think if there's actually a waterfall route. This is a universe where waterfalls don't exist. It's established that this is a multiverse, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's start at the beginning, Joshua. Let's do some, um housekeeping because i feel like i should admit to a little bit of bad guy shit that went down this week oh just immediately okay (laughs) i hated looking at this damn alolan persian's face in my party (laughs) and you know what i didn't know how to run it i thought it was supposed to be like this unstoppable beast and then it would just constantly get hit, like killed in one hit. So I don't, I didn't know what to do with it. So I was like, I got to jettison this thing. So I went on a little bit of a, a journey, a little bit of like a soul searching, little eat, pray, oh, love uh-huh. on Pawnee Island. And I bet it involves some mayor cheat moves. <laughs> You're getting away with mayor cheat this season by just calling it bad guy shit. I wouldn't say it was mayor cheat necessarily. I would say it was bad guy shit because I did go back to Pawnee Island and I did catch Zygarde. Okay, I didn't even know where it was there. We get locked into a little bit of a cutscene when we come up from the credits. We wake up in our room. We're fully decked out in like Team Skull gear now. Uh, we look like a menace. I look menacing. All right. <laughs> we get locked into this cutscene where we end up sort of following Lily out to Pawnee Grove because Ultra Beasts are like menacing the, the, the countryside out here. Yes. Do we encounter different Ultra Beasts? Yep. Yeah, this is why I saw Blastphalon. I don't know that you did, 
No, I saw Stack Attack. Yeah. Yeah, they are version exclusives. So we have to do a little one last fetch quest for our friends in the Ultra Recon squad. We got to find three of these Ultra Beasts that are like roaming the countryside. Yeah. And dispatch them or catch them. Do we want to talk about those those two Ultra Beasts? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Stack Attack really quickly because Stack Attack is not an issue in any way, and I have no problem with Stack Attack. I actually, yeah, I think Stack Attack is okay. It's fun to say, too. It reminds me of like a like Dragon Quest bad guy. And it also has like a Breath of the Wild vibe. I like it. It feels very old school RPG. It's not a bad guy, so I'm not catching one or using it. It's just a castle. It's like a rook. What are your thoughts on Stack Attack, Greg? Stack Attack. Uh, I mean, Stack Attack is Stack Attack is fine. Harmless. It's harmless. I find it. I find the design kind of boring. Yeah, sure. It's just like a castle. Yeah, one of the least bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it is a bunch of bricks. It is yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it is nothing except it's got maybe many eyes. They aren't really clear if the circles are its eyes. Oh God, I hope or... not. What's going on there? On Bulbapedia, it does say that it might take inspiration from Moku Mokurin, which is a series of yokai, which we're familiar with at this point. Yeah. Like demons uh, that are known for living in walls mm. and distinctly identified by its myriad of eyes. Sorry. I live in walls. Yeah. It's myriad eyes is what it should say. I really want to talk about the centerpiece, though, which is your version exclusive that you had to face off against, Josh. Yeah. Because this thing is like... It's like a contender for maybe the worst Pokemon I've ever seen, ever. Yeah. Ever, ever. Blasphalon, Blacephalon, whatever. Just absolutely wretched. Blacephalon. 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 Okay, well, that sounds better. Blacephalon. The clown balloon Pokemon. Yeah, I'm going to give it a Poke Checks Yourself, and then we can kind of devolve from there. If this were in my game, it would have been a barf, but it weren't it was not in my game. So <laughs> Yeah, I would I would make a barf for this thing. Uh Joshi's barf, because like it's Pokedex entry, which is it slithers toward people. Then without warning, it triggers the explosion of its own head. Yeah. Yeah. So it just slithers up to you and then it blows up its face all over you. Face. Yeah. It is Stephen King's it. And then it what? It, it dies? Yeah. Well, no, it, it it regrows its head. It's already a ghost. It's it's a ghost fire type. It's like it's already a ghost confounding type. What is it like a even more deranged clown? Like it's some nightmarish clown. Well, it's Pennywise. This is a bad guy. Yeah, this is like the personification of evil. Most people I know name their Blacephalon Pennywise because it fits. Oh sure. Oh, I hate it. I mean, but I don't know how you could live with yourself putting this thing on your team. I was watching. A gif of mind blown, the move mind blown. No, this thing's bad. <laughs> it's a signature move. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a horror clown. Absolutely awful. It is, it is a horror clown. It is one of the worst I've seen. I don't know anybody who really likes it. We got to get out of here. Once this fetch quest is done, we're sort of unlocked a little bit, although we're, we're kind of immediately like ushered into another cutscene. Oh, yeah. And they've managed to drag me, <laughs> kicking and screaming back into Festival Plaza. Yeah. A place I was hoping to never see again. <laughs> Sophocles, a face I was hoping to never interact with again. 
every time you think you're out, they drag you back in. <laughs> He's like the main character of this endgame, or at least this sequence of it. And the implications of this part are absolutely horrifying because you go into Festival Plaza, Team Rainbow Rocket, which we'll get into, has taken over. This is sort of our first taste of Team Rainbow Rocket. Yeah. A rebrand. And it's sort of revealed that in Festival Plaza, Sophocles is God and he can sort of blink people into and out of existence and well, sort of like wills someone into existence to run this like counter for him where we can check out Pokemon and battle, battle Team Rocket agency. guys. Well, my question was, my understanding, and I had a lot, it did take me a while when we get to it to wrap my head around the whole Team Rainbow Rockets castle implications and there are a lot of implications (laughs) but my understanding of festival plaza was that this is virtual reality is that not true this is a literal place oh i don't know i never spent enough time in there it is a literal place whoa whoa wait it's like (laughs) san junipero it's where you go when you die how does Sophocles snap people in and out of existence then i thought he was like reprogramming shit he's reprogramming reality yeah, he like he he Thanos snaps people out of existence, Joshua. <laughs> what? I thought it was virtual reality. Now I'm very upset. He clearly has like unlimited power in here. I don't even know why he brought us in here other than to like scare us, like make us aware of his power. Yeah, he heard us talking shit about him in basically every episode of this season and <laughs> he had to make a power play. Yeah. Greg, did you play these games when they came out? Oh yeah. I don't think either of us. I think because I'm on unregulated <laughs> software. And Josh is Correct. playing the game 13 years after he was meant to. I don't think any of us even really got the chance to spend much time in Festival Plaza. Can you explain what it was supposed to be other than this nightmare where Sophocles is? <laughs> I mean, it is. It the is. Almighty. Sophocles is. So the thing about why Rainbow Rocket, he's having Rainbow Rocket, is because he does have the power to bring people in and out, but they have taken over his software and a bunch of other things. So. You sort of have to understand that Rainbow Rocket is using wormholes to pass through multiple universes to bring people together in this sort of evil plan. Sure. So it's like really weirdly overly meta situations. So Sophocles can't get them out of Festival Plaza because they have hacked the very systems that he also uses to bring people in and out to this alternate weird sort of area. So Festival Plaza was a way to easily raise Pokemon ranks. It was a way to buy more clothing. It was a way to do EV training faster. Mm. And when you had people in your game, like if you two actually were playing together, you could go to each other's festival plaza and there are version exclusive clothing items. And so you would be able to transfer clothing items so that you could get these color shorts and you could get these color shirts. What a utopian vision these games were. Yeah. The problem was is that it just wasn't particularly well done. It was supposed to replace Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> the GTS. It was supposed to replace Wonder Trade, but it was much harder to use. And the setting up of stalls. So like everybody eventually just like I have four lotteries. Because all I want from this is money. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. have four lottery stalls and hope that they would get the big nuggets to get money. And then you would link together on the global oh. shop and then you'd hope somebody from another game came in that you could talk to. 
get one of their shops, set up like their clothing shop, and then you could buy clothing from them. Again, a lot of these things, like the fact that you can now get Mewtwo in the game because of the Ultra Wormhole stuff, all this post-game stuff was them adding stuff for people to do in the next two years before another game came out. Right. Sounds like a mess. It's sort of like a worse or more convoluted version of Join Avenue in like black and white too. Yeah. Because I really like Join Avenue and I hate Festival Plaza. Yeah. it's It was supposed to be the improvement of Join Avenue. I mean, it's 2023 and Nintendo and Pokemon still haven't figured out how to like get their shit together for online play. Yeah, so. that's true. No, no. I'm not surprised to hear any of this. No. Um, as someone who recently tried to play Goldeneye online. Oh, <laughs> my God. I d- tried to play that on Friday night also. And like it took us easily a half hour to just get all the controls straightened out. I know. It's confounding to me that they wouldn't have rooted all of the routed all of the buttons to be, you know, programmed for like. <laughs> The pro controller. You can't just complain like, about GoldenEye, Joshua. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's can. just like, and you can't buy the N64 controller because it's always out of stock. Like, that was a huge miss, I think. I was upset. Anyway. The whole point of this is to introduce us to this new mechanic, which is this like battle. What's it called? Battle. What? This thing where you check out a random Pokemon and you go and do a Oh, battle of- agency. Yeah, yeah, that's the battle agency. Battle agency. Which is supposed to be this fun online play thing, but it didn't work for me. So I just got these dumb bots who didn't do anything. And it wasn't fun. No. But I beat it. And I left Festival Plaza once and for all. I killed all three of their Pokemon with a lantern. Yeah. <laughs> I had a um, the bug. The firefly. Volca. The helicopter firefly. Helicopter firefly. A green firefly with big red eyes. Yan Mega? Yeah. Okay. okay. It's a dragonfly, boy. like clearly. Yeah, boy, that was a <laughs> oh yeah. That was a tough one. Yeah. Oof. All right. We'll <laughs> just we'll just move on from this whole dark episode. <laughs> so we save Festival Plaza begrudgingly. Yeah. And we head back out into the real world. Because we're trapped there. We can't unless we save it. So we're back on the how how Oli outskirts, back at home. And Lily says, hey, I need your help. Uh, my, my my mother's been kidnapped. And like a shadow universe has descended upon Aether Island and transformed my mother's giant like Victorian Gothic mansion that we keep on the back of the island into a bad guy headquarter. Yeah. Classic, classic bad guy headquarter. Yeah. I, and we need your, your, your help to come clean things up. I don't know how they got that job done so quickly. Turn in a Victorian mansion into a dark, stormy castle. Into a into a Team Rocket headquarter. I'd love to know how they turned around those renovations so quickly. When the gays put their mind to something, it gets done fast. <laughs> you just fast. throw money and... at the problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, come look, on. We need this turned around in about a day. <laughs> I will say one of the best official pieces of artwork they've ever made is for the Rainbow Rocket. I think the Rainbow Rocket oh. is great is so good i mean team team rocket already yeah they were already such a clean good look i think these grunts look great i think they're like little rainbow splash behind them when they go into the battle screen is is great yeah they all use like classic like kanto pokemon too which is really fun team rocket was already the best branded of any of the criminal syndicates i think but 
Rainbow Rocket is somehow an improvement. And yeah, Greg, you just linked to this. I saw this like poster or whatever. That's yeah. like this poster is so good. It's like some of the best art I've ever seen from a video game. I would have that in my house. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's good. I mean, Giovanni knows what he's doing with his organization here. Well, let's talk about it. We got to get into it because we're out here and it's been taken over and Guzma is on our side. He's like here to help us. And by help us, he means like hang out in the lobby of the the building and just sort of like, you know, keep an eye on things out here. Um, so it's our job to sort of dive into these teleporter puzzles and take on Team Rainbow Rocket grunts throughout this facility. Mm-hmm. And we kind of have to keep worming our way through and finding classic yeah. Pokemon bad guys and enemies and bosses. And traps and puzzles. It's got, I think, all of them. It's like there's the teleporter spots. There's the switches that are hidden behind paintings and statues. Mm-hmm. The spin tiles, like Silphco kind of shit. The electrodes on the ground, secretly. The Meowth statues with alarms in them. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. And it's got like a remix of the Team Rocket theme that slaps. Mm-hmm. What a team. I'll say this before we talk about the individual battles, because each of these little puzzles ends with a classic Pokemon boss from one of the, the previous games. Yeah. Each of these battles, even at my levels, which are much higher than Josh's levels, were devastatingly difficult. And each one of them ended with me in a loop of trying to revive as many Pokemon as I could and get them healed and like get a hit off on like fucking Groudon yeah. while he's doing like... <laughs> yep megaton wreckage and killing all my Pokemon in one hit. Yeah. Like every single battle ended up with Mimikyu having just enough health to weather a decoy hit, which gave me enough time to revive like Incineroar. (laughs) You know, it sucked. It was so hard, each of these battles. Yeah, it was truly a gauntlet. I know we called like the Como-O trial like a gauntlet, (laughs) like it looked like one, but that was easy. This was a gauntlet. Like I also was essentially left with one or two Pokemon alive at the end of like every battle. And there would be multiple, at least one, if not multiple revives in the battle itself, just trying to like hack it. Yeah. So it was really tough. So hard. And there's also nowhere to heal. So every time you want to heal, you have to like walk a mile and a half out of Aether Paradise. Oh. Get on the back of your Charizard, f- fly to Pawnee Island. Was there no, a place to heal in Lily here? Lily in Lusamine's bedchamber would heal I thought you. you had to like unlock that first. No, you could always go in there. No. Oh, I didn't no. go in there until like <laughs> no. I was meant to. Oh, and at that point, no. I was like, how does Lily get in here? Oh, man. <laughs> Lily is there to help you. I was like, Lily's just been waiting in here? <laughs> yeah, Lily is there to help you. No, I flew back every single time. Oh, man. That's even worse. I mean, it's it's a choice. I went in after every wing. So bug catchers, the layout is that there's four wings. There's a southeast and southwest wing, northwest and northeast wing. And then the central chamber is Lusamine's room and then the trophy room eventually. And they each have a baddie from a previous criminal syndicate that uh, 
I think Greg mentioned this. They have been ported in yep. by a mysterious figure at the head of the Team Rainbow Rocket. You can probably figure out who that is mm-hmm. from other worlds. Yep. This is what took me a while to wrap my head around it because I was like, oh, my understanding is all of these games have a linear timeline. There are moments where like, you know, Cyrus, right, was trying to make. No, maybe it wasn't. Was it Cyrus? Who was trying to make the the alternate dimension? Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus. Emo boy Cyrus, who's like. And he does it. I hate the world. Because emotions make me sad. So I'm going to blow up the world to make a new world where there aren't emotions. Right. Totally emo boy. Yeah. Little Cyrus. So there's been moments throughout the series where there's like other dimensions or alternate realities that are sort of implied. But in this episode, are, are they steer just so hard into it where it's yeah, like. It's, it's Zelda. Maybe there is a linear timeline, but it's one. And then there are many, many. Other, like it's literally a multiverse is what they're saying. So they established in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire that there are multiple universes. Ultimately, each game system is its own universe. The only two that you can say are linearly timed that have a have a direct line of time are red and blue and gold and silver okay. because those take place after each other. Mm-hmm. And the only other two that also reference having a timeline is Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire happens before X and Y. Okay. And the only reason why you know that is because in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, you make Mr. O, who gives you the O powers, who appears in X and Y. Oh, yeah. It's his origin story. Right. So you know that that came first. It could be a different Mr. O. It could be. Because we get a whole different Cole Ress. We learn it's a it's yeah. a good guy, Cole Ress. Well, Cole Ress is sketchy across all universes. You never know what that... You never know what Chorus is up to, ever. He's playing every side. He appears in multiple games, and you never know what his deal is. Let's go through them, because they're not quite right. They all look like mostly like the guy they're supposed to be, but not quite right. It's almost like an AI generated them or something, because they're coming from alternate universes. And those are universes where they did achieve their evil goal. Yeah. They are all coming from alternate universes where they succeeded, and you did not succeed in stopping them. Got it. Well, I almost didn't do that here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's it's a gauntlet. Yeah, um, we've got Team Magma R- Maxi, who is um, from Ruby and Omega Ruby. Yes, and we've got Team Aqua Archie, who's from Sapphire and Alpha Sapphire. Yes, those two are at the ends of uh, the first two legs that we go to, and they're really fucking hard. Just out of the gate, yeah. really hard to beat. One of them has a Groudon and one of them has a Kyogre uh, and they're really hard to beat. I'll say also just because we're kind of talking about the whole aesthetic, which I really liked in this episode. Um, Bobby just started doing the remaster or new game plus or whatever it is of like Far Cry 6. Wow. So I've been playing Pokemon with the music on, which is like not common anymore. And I had it on for this whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. And like. He would comment a few times of like Maxi's theme. So I guess probably the Team Magma like remix. They all have a remix of like their teams, their original score theme, yeah. and it's really good.
you can buy the soundtrack Ooh. on iTunes. Uh, the Ultrasound Ultramove soundtrack has these, re- I believe, has these remixes, and they're all very I should good. probably buy it so I can drop them all in here. Yeah. That's legal, right? Probably. They're really, they're really, really good. Yeah, so the the whole, like, the vibe was great, although it is, like, very daunting. Um, and this battle with Maxi, the Groudon was just a fucking nightmare for me. Like, the one, the Pokemon that I'll reveal whenever we do level check, I was training a Mon who would be good against Groudon, but could not battle literally this entire leg. I couldn't use him. I mean, do you want to do level check before we talk about the, I was going to do it before we went on to fight Giovanni, but if you want to talk about the teams we brought into these battles, let's do it. We'll level check. Why don't you go first, Parrothead? Parrothead's flock basically stayed the same. These are obviously their levels at the end of this whole leg, so they got pretty jacked. Oh, you updated your levels. <laughs> I saw them earlier, and they were still low, and I thought, I was like, man, I don't know how I got through oh, this. Oh, no. But now I understand how you got through it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, at the beginning of the episode, you commented on, like, your levels being a lot higher than mine, and I was like, I don't think so, man. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) In fact, I believe I have the highest level among us, which is Jimmy the Alolan Raichu is level 78 now, which I think is close to the record. By the end of this game, probably the highest level that I've hit will be the highest level if I hit like 80 in this whole podcast. I think we both had to train up Pokemon 280 to take on red on top of Mount Silver. That might be right. We could go back and check pretty easily, but it's pushing the the limit for sure. Yeah. Then we have Coconut, the Passimian, level 75. Joe Merchant, the Talonflame, level 76. Boo. Banana Wind, Alolan Ninetales, 74. Drifter Delmise, level 75. Yeah. And after my experience in the battle with you last week, Tanner, and knowing that my embarrassing experience window was was closing on making (laughs) this worthwhile and sheer curiosity about it i officially put fruitcakes the neuburn on ice (gasps) yeah good and i brought in sharpedo which is fins for fins up love it the parrot head anthem yeah, but it's only level fifty-three. It's unusable currently. Also, it still doesn't even have a fucking water move. And I just looked up. I can get waterfall now. You can get the TM, but it's only unlockable after you're a champion, and you have to go find those girlies who are like on Pony Breaker Coast or something. Apparently, yeah, yeah. So right now, it doesn't even have a water type move, but it has an interesting move set, uh, and I'm looking forward to using it at some point. But I thought that. Based on my experience in these past couple of episodes, like water dark would be more useful to me than dragon flying was looking. I still stand by Neuvern being allowed on a parrot head themed team, but I don't regret swapping in the Sharpedo. I think you made the right decision. But I also feel like I should ask Greg here, based on the past two episodes, is this a chill team? Yeah. Sharpedo or Neuvern? I feel pretty good about this being a pretty cohesive Jimmy Buffett team. Given the Jimmy Buffett theme, I mean, I, I would argue that there is nothing particularly chill about Sharpedo, <laughs> given my experiences of Sharpedo in Sword and Shield, but you haven't gotten there yet. No. So we'll we'll still live in a happy world where it's just a chill shark torpedo that one's a bit of a stretch. It's kind of taken on a little bit of a pirate thing. Well, it is, it is like kind of mean looking, but fins up is such a 
like phrase and land shark beer is Bins up is great brewery, so like and i did give you a free pass yeah yeah so it's perfect it's great don't tell greg about jimmy buffett josh you know <laughs> yeah it has gotten a little piratey but you know a pirate looks at 40 yeah that still all fits i can make any of it fit yeah it all fits as long as you can make the theme work this is a role-playing game exclusive thank you greg as long as you can come up with a good story yeah and we're going to battle these next week. Yeah, we'll do one final battle next week. But here's the question. Are you going to go through the ultra wormholes to catch Mewtwo? I am going to try to do that. I want to do a few things. I kind of glanced ahead on the walkthrough, and I don't think we have like a big new story arc. So it looks kind of freeform. Just cleaning up next loose week. Ends. So there's a couple of things I, I want to try out. Yeah. Can I tell you about Skull Lord's team? Yes. Not a lot of movement. One swap out. Guzma, Gallspod, level 76. Jesse, Totem, Salazzle, level 74. James, Totem, Mimic U, level 76. Uh, Giovanni, Incineroar, level 77. Colress, Vigavolt, level 74. Welcome to the team. As I said earlier in the episode, New Getsis, Zygarde, level 70. Woof. Dragon, ground. I'm looking forward to touring the islands and catching some Z-cubes next week what percent is your zygarde at 50 i don't know is there is there a way to make it something other than 50 it's just how i found it yes okay i think this one is where you have to find all the various cells throughout yeah it's another search around yeah and once you find all of them zygarde gets its complete form which looks like voltron yeah i think it looks cool i really want you to have that dog form how about the dog form? Yeah, the dog form is great. The dog form is only the 10% form. Oh. That looks fun. Yeah, dog form is 10%. The regular form that you saw in X and Y. The cobra snake. The big reveal was that's only its half form. There's a 100% form. Zygarde complete. And then it looks like a big Voltron. Yeah, I'm going to have it on my team, I think. That's going to be terrible. I mean, I guess that's a thing Sharpedo will be useful against, although Neuburn would be too. So, like, I don't know. Noivern ends this at level 72, so I wouldn't necessarily say that it's out. Okay, well, I don't feel threatened by that. <laughs> I'm just saying it, we, we could do some interesting battles next week, yeah. Let's go take a break, and we'll come back and talk about these Rainbow Rocket battles. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. At the end of the Southeast Wing, Joshua, it's Team Magma's Maxi. We already talked about Maxi and Archie. Well, we talked about Maxi. You know why I struggled now, because I don't have that Sharpedo up and running. Yeah, of course. I didn't really have anything with Archie, though. Archie was a joke for me. I just, I cleared house with Raichu. Yeah. Kyogre was really robbed in that gen, just being water. When Groudon gets fire and ground and like they help each other out, you know, like I literally just did Stoked Spark Surfer, the Z move, Alolan Raichu, Raichu Z move, one hit KO. Groudon's only ground type. It's not fire. I always no. think it's fire too. It oh. is only ground type. Whoops. The issue is that it will throw up drought. Like its ability is to cause sun so that it lessens 
water moves. Yeah. Whereas drizzle makes it rain, which of course makes thunder 100% accurate in the rain. So like, right. The thing that it's weak to, it makes more accurate, which does not happen with Groudon. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's why I always think it. Plus, Groudon has solar beam in this case, so the drought was just making it, it was just killing everything. Yeah. And I couldn't use um, Delmize because it has flamethrower, and that's why I always get thrown off. But Archie was a joke compared to Maxi. Likewise, although Archie had plenty of like water types, which I guess I'm not super strong against, especially now that I have a big ground type Pokemon on my team. Exactly. But Maxi, like half his team knows Earthquake, and there's still nothing I can <laughs> yeah. do against Earthquake. Because the only Pokemon I have that is resistant to Earthquake is uh, Lightning Bug, which does nothing against the ground types that are doing all the Earthquakes. So this is a, a battle that I really struggled in, really found myself in the skids. Uh, eventually had to just sort of like cheese my way out of it, uh, which was true of almost all these battles. <laughs> yeah. Who was next? It was... Uh, Cyrus and Lysander upstairs. Team Galactic and Team Flare. After each of these battles, we're also like flipping a switch behind a painting, which, you know, activates the next room. Which is cool. Yeah, it's very missed. Right. And then upstairs, it's Lysander and Cyrus. I didn't even know. I couldn't even remember who Cyrus was. He's just the most <laughs> nondescript character in the world. You would hate that, but you're saying He's that. a sad emo boy. But he's kind of got the biggest, like, speech. Yeah, he was the one who always gave the, like, fascist speeches. And he continues to do that. Yeah, and he gave another big one this time. And spoiler alert, he continues to do that in Pokemon Masters, where he's still a sad emo boy. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who wanted to create his new world that was yeah, devoid of human spirit. Hey, human <laughs> human emotion. emotion. Yeah. Emotions make me sad, so therefore let's not have any. So he hates us coming in here, and he's like, I hate all this spirit you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back to my spiritless world. I thought I was done with this. He was pretty easy for me. It was it was a lot of flying types, and his main Pokemon was Dialga, who's dragon, and I have a bunch of Pokemon that know dragon moves. So mm, yeah, got through him pretty quick. I really only struggled with Dialga <laughs> because I had a matchup mayhem, which I guess I sort of did with Groudon as well. Because I just literally can never remember what this thing is. And it's Steel Dragon. Yeah, it's Steel Dragon and Palkia's Water Dragon. Knowing that now, I could have done better against it, but I didn't have a great defense for Dragon other than Ninetales, who was already KO'd. And I didn't have Noiburn at the time. So Dialga was, was actually a struggle for me. Yeah, Dialga's a tough because you want to bring in a fairy type, but fairy are weak to Steel. Right. So, like, fairy types aren't a great option for Dialga, where they are a great option for Palkia, because Palkia is water dragon. So, fairy types can clean up on Palkia, but do struggle against Dialga. And I did. And it has yeah. Thunderbolt, which gave it good coverage. That that thing was tough. I, like, in the middle of this, probably right after this battle, I had to leave. That's when I had to leave the whole thing. And I had to go and buy, like, 30 more revives and hyper potions and max potions. Revives, yeah, I had to do the same thing. <laughs> I get why you can't, because it would probably make it maybe too easy. But I'm so frustrated in the end games that you cannot buy max revives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, like, 11 for the Elite Four. When I started this, I was down to, I think, seven. And now, at the end, I had, like, I think maybe two left. And that's it. I don't know where else I can get them. That's it. Well, yeah, two left going in to fight Lysander. 
who sets us up for this like trolley problem puzzle <laughs> where he's got two buttons behind him and we're allowed one of them like take the blue pill and everything goes back to normal and he goes back like fucks off back to his universe or if you take the red pill like the whole whole world explodes and it's my fault right so i went and pressed the blue button and he's like sorry that's the button that explodes the world uh i don't know if you got i don't know what happened with your game but i pressed the wrong button yeah me too and then he comes over and battles me to keep me from hitting the red button which will deactivate the universe exploder i mean it's a good callback to x uh, and i don't y. think these buttons were even yeah. hooked up to anything yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it's a, it's a nice callback to exactly what happened at x and y yeah i i like the the throwbacks for all of them i didn't like battling him he was tough I didn't like battling him either. The, they also they've they've reintroduced mega evolutions through all of this. Yeah, he gets his me- yeah. mega Gyarados. He does. Mega Gyarados is such a weak a mega evolution. He just turned into a big fish. Which whatever, fine. So phoned in. A big scary fish. Yeah. I mean, weirdly Pyroar was trouble for me like because Honchcrow had psychic surprisingly and it it knocked out my Pissimian. And fire was is good against me, as we've all noticed in my battles against Tanner. Yeah, I had to. I think Raichu focus blasted it, and then I took it out. But then Xerneas killed Raichu, and then I had to sacrifice Sharpedo, Max revive the Raichu, and then again stoked Spark Surfer and killed Xerneas. But this was again like I was just totally on the ropes. It's like you know half dead one last Pokemon before I'm blacking out. Yeah. Mine has had Yveltal instead of Xerneas, but most of them were easy to get through except for Mega Gyarados for me, which was impossible. His Stone Edge, his Earthquake, his Waterfall, he had a move to counter every single Pokemon that I had. Yeah, he also has Crunch. He has really good coverage on that thing. Crunch, yeah. The Crunch was tough, yeah. (laughs) That was a very tough battle for me, but I managed to beat him and hit the button to prevent the apocalypse. Same. And then the... um, what you think is the big villain, the one who's responsible for all this, the one who's like opened up all these wormholes, walks out of the room and he's like, it's me, Getsis. It's like, okay, welcome. I like your big robe. Yeah, great new outfit. He looks dynamite also. Yeah. And it's just one more battle because actually he's not the big bad guy. Um, and his battle was incredibly easy for me because I have counters to everything that he has. I have bugs for Confagrius. I have Cofagrius. Fire for Bisharp. I have Cofagrius. Please. The the (laughs) fighting for. Oh yeah. No hate crimes, Tanner. Please. I know we've been through that. Um, yeah, this was a super easy battle for me. I have really good coverage against Dark, but Zekrom was a problem because it took out Nine Tails and Passimian, but. I only pulled it off because Delmize came in and got two quick claws in a row and managed to get two phantom strikes in on Zekrom and then killed it. So quick claw is like still one of my favorite held items. Yeah, it's always like the first one you get. Yeah, you get it so early on. And then also it functions in sort of an imbalanced way where I noticed on this whole leg in particular and the Elite Four to some extent, where it's like maybe it doesn't hit for like 10 turns or yeah. something, but then it will hit three times in a row and it just makes up for the whole gap, which is what <laughs> I mean, saved my ass here. Quick Claw is what? You got a 12% chance of hitting. So like- I guess that makes sense. <laughs> good old good old random numbers. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's a 20% chance. That's roughly what I was just outlining, I guess. It's low. It's really low. But yeah, when it hits, when you're in that random number generation that's like, bingo, bingo, bingo. Feels so good. Oh, yeah. And then it's Giovanni, the big man himself. Oh, yeah. You get led into the secret trophy room. Here he is, looking so good. Trim, sharp, well-dressed. Well, this is a trainer banger. Absolutely. Team Rainbow Rocket, Giovanni, how do you improve on perfection? They've done it. You make him gay. That's how you perform on perfection. <laughs> yeah. All things are improved by making it gay. So. Absolutely. He's somehow got an even trimmer get up. Like his theme is so fucking good. Seems okay. His team was a joke. Oh, well, most of his team is a joke just because they're all ground. Except they all have earthquake, which is yep. bad. Yeah, the earthquake is really rough. So you have to neutralize them quickly. And they're all fast. Like it's like fucking Rhyperior is the fastest Pokemon that's ever existed, apparently. Yeah, Rhyperior is a beast. Doug Trio was a problem because it would get its fucking stealth rock out. Yeah. I will say, though, it's a travesty they didn't give him Persian. I know, I know. Like, he had five Pokemon, and Persian is always loyally at his side. We don't need a Dugtrio. We don't need a Nido King and a Nido Queen. Well, it is like, you know, rebuilding his original team. And we don't need Might You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the Week, oh, Joshua. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Might You Make Me Barf uh, Pokemon of the Week is Mewtwo and Mega Mewtwo XY. Both of them. They both look bad. What do you get Y? I got X. I don't like X. I do like Y. What a letdown. After all of this, after this entire storyline of Rainbow Rocket, and you're here at the culmination of the final battle, and it's this stupid Mega Mewtwo Y comes I mean, when it was just Mewtwo, I loved it, because canonically, he would have Mewtwo if he recaught it, or in his, like, you know, world. Where he succeeded, yeah. He's coming from where everything went right. He would have a Mewtwo. You know what would have been cool? Armored Mewtwo. That's what he should have had. That would have been sick. And they do need to bring that in. <laughs> the X one, I'll, I mean, I already didn't like it, but it's also when it's animated. I think when it used Drain Punch on me, it like kicked and its legs stretched out in a really gross way. And I didn't like that, unfortunately. Yeah, yours is like ribbed. Also, unfortunately, Giovanni did knock me out. I blacked out on this first battle. I had to fight him again. That's what I was alluding to earlier. I had to punt Sharpedo. I brought Noivern back in. And then I had to use a combination of mostly Raichu and then Noivern to take him out. The Mewtwo specifically. 
You know what? So Neuburn saved my ass here. I blacked out too, and it's because of fucking Stealth Rock. Yeah, the Stealth Rock. Oh, oh, and now it comes. On the second battle, Doug Trio got me with that. Full circle. God. Yeah. Because then it takes out half of fucking Talonflame's health. Yeah, that sucks. But I beat him eventually. Uh, and he was like, okay, I'll take my team Rainbow Rocket and I'll get out of here. Like, a good battle. And he leaves behind, like, a chest of big nuggets. 55 big nuggets. Yes. <laughs> just, like, such an arbitrary number of big nuggets. Aren't they, like, like... 20,000 each? So it's, like, a lot of money. What is that, a million? Oh, it's a is lot it of just, money, like, yeah. maxing out your money, basically? Yeah. It was basically, like, hey, let, let's get you a bunch of cash. Which we will take advantage of next week. Yeah. As we chase waterfalls. I also like that I, I looked this up when I was looking into the multiverse stuff. You get one last scene after Giovanni, like before he zaps away and he says that we'll meet again. And I guess this was right before Team Rocket was introduced into Pokemon Go. And that's yep. his invasion of another world is like the real world. So that's kind of clever. He also comes to Pokemon Masters. So like Giovanni is invading everywhere. I love that for him. Cool. He's cool. So I like that. <laughs> gay pride. Yeah. And he's he's an ally. Or is he an ally or is he gay? I'm not sure. Oh. We've never really explored his sexuality, and I don't think it's really our job to. We would have to go to Fur Affinity, and we just really can't get into that yeah. because I want to talk to Greg. Yes. Now that we've beaten this game, yeah. surely none of this Rainbow Rocket stuff is in no, it's not. Sun and Moon, is it? It's not. <laughs> not at all. This was, <laughs> okay. this was completely added because they wanted to lean really heavily into the alternate universe multiverse stuff, which is why I think... The story of Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon really suffers because they decided to change the story from Sun and Moon to be this invasive species storyline. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which really, if they were going to do it, then they needed to really dump a lot of the other stuff because both Gladion and Lily make less sense in this storyline than they do in the first one. I would say they make very little sense. Correct. Uh, in this storyline. Yeah. In this version, because there's actually an invasive force, Lusamine's obsession and protection makes more justifiable sense, right? Like she is there trying to protect Alola and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and you have the Ultra Recon Squad and a bunch of other people. Saying, yeah, these things are really a threat. And when you go into the wormholes and you see these other devastated worlds, and you're like, yeah, wow, like, yeah, this is an actual threat. Lusamine comes across as being justified. Yeah. Sun and Moon. Sure. Nope. She is a horrible, horrible, horrible person. Okay. And it's it's an incredibly good story in the fact that the story of Sun and Moon is how do you deal with a narcissistic parent? How do you deal with a parent that won't heal from their trauma and inflicts that trauma on you? And that is what Sun and Moon is about. Mm, yeah, they like allude to that where like she's clearly still a bad mother in Ultra right. Sun and Ultra Moon, but there isn't really she sort of gets a pass for it at the end because she somehow like she becomes this this like protector and savior. Well, because she was correct, right? Like, oh, no, you were right. Bad people are coming from multiple universes and 
maybe your methods were slightly bad on how you treated your kids, but you did it to protect everybody, which really waters down the whole thing. So in Sun and Moon, the first thing you're sort of clued into like, oh, things aren't right is when Lily talks about how she can't dress herself, right? Like her mom never let her wear the clothing that she wanted. Oh, yeah. And you're like, huh, that's weird. I guess that's why they have that big like cutscene midway yeah. through this game where she like comes out in a new outfit. Yeah, when she's liberated. You're like, huh, that's that's unusual. And then you run into her brother who's also like, I fled because my mom is bad news and I have to protect I have to do the thing that she's not doing. And you're like, okay, that's really, really weird. And then when you go to Aether Paradise and you see Nihiligo the first time and you're like, So you're dressing your daughter? Like this monster? Oh, yeah. Why are you doing this? That's your first kind of like, okay, something is really wrong with this woman. And then throughout the game, you're running into stories of parents and children who aren't getting along, right? Like when you go into Guzma's house, you meet Guzma's dad, who's like, I didn't know how to treat my child. He ran away from me. And when you go into his room, you see oh, all that's his dad. Yeah. I didn't put that together. Yeah. And uh. you see all of his second place <laughs> trophies that are bent and destroyed because his father put so much pressure on him to be number one. He couldn't live up to that. So he flees. Right. And starts interesting team skull to be like, we reject everything that you do. So Guzma has a better storyline in Sun and Moon because of that. Almost makes me feel bad for like taking the reins from him. Yeah. Kicking him out. Yeah. It's my team. So he creates his own family, right? Like he creates people that will support him. Yeah. However, he falls for thinking that Lusamine is also a parent figure. And so Lusamine is clearly abusing his trust and Team Skull to get what she wants. So when you go to Aether Paradise to face Lusamine, it changes because you chase her to her office. And when you get to her office, she has all of her Pokemon, the Pokemon that Lily played with as children, in suspended animation in clear pillars. You don't know if they're alive. You don't know if they're dead. And she's like, I'm protecting everything. I will keep everybody safe. She calls her kids ugly and hateful in that scene. Well, she does call them wretches in... Yeah. In this one too. <laughs> she yeah. turns to you and says, How dare you turn my perfect children against me? How dare you give them independence? I'm gonna kill you. She attacks you. <laughs> Good luck. Which is why that battle makes sense. It makes zero sense in Ultrasound Ultra Moon. You're like, okay, you wanted me to prove that I could defeat Ultra Beasts. I do, and then you leave anyways. And here she's attacking you because she cannot fathom why her kids would turn against her for being a horrible parent. Yeah. You beat her. She's like, I'm going to torture Nebby, which she does, opens the wormhole, jumps in. Guzma's like, oh, I got to go save mom, jumps in after. Mm. And then you're sort of left like, wow, she was a terrible person. She just ripped her kids apart in front of them again. They both feel terrible. You leave. So it's really important when Lily shows up in a different outfit because she is saying, I reject what my mother says about me i am going to become my own person and i'm going to try so the scene of her trying to cross that bridge is really powerful because this is her actually trying to gain confidence in herself after you saw 
what her mother did to her her entire life, which was tear her down oh. and never let her be independent. Wow, none of that comes through in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Right. Yeah, and I was just making fun of her for getting dive-bombed by birds all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't work in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, where it's really powerful in Sun and Moon because you're like, oh my God, she's becoming an actual person. She's changed her outfit. She's doing things she could never do before. You transform Nebby, and Nebby is an important thing because Nebby's transformation mirrors Lily's. Happy child, gets abused by Lusamine, shuts down, discovers themselves, and becomes powerful. So Nebby, Terrible bat. Nebby becomes what <laughs> Lily is supposed to become. Like, they are a mirror stuff. You jump into the Elter Wormhole. Lusamine's in there. Guzma's like, I didn't expect her to be this... Nuts. Bad shit. Uh, yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in a bad way. She lied to me. Stop her. You go try to stop her. She merges with Nia Legal to become a super ultra beast intent on killing everybody. <sighs> yeah, Tanner, you should look it up. It's gross. And it's an, ama- it's an amazing piece of art because it's terrifying. It's this woman yeah. in this giant jellyfish. Like, like the fly. Yeah, I'm just going to murder everybody. You defeat her, and everybody's like, well, she's a lost cause. Let's get out of here. Lily's like, no, I think I can save her. Lily uses the legendary to separate the two. They finally separate the two. And the last thing that happens is Lusamine wakes up long enough to finally look at Lily and says, when did you become so beautiful? And then slips into a coma. And you're like, whoa, this is devastating. Jesus. You leave, you find out a lot more of what happened with Lusamine. You find out that Gladion also feels really bad that he knew he had to save Savali because it was created to hunt created poorly Ultra Beast, but was a failed experiment. And he knew that he knew that Lusamine was going to destroy these creatures, right? Like they were failed. So he fled yeah. knowing that he was leaving Lily in a terrible situation, but was like, I didn't have a choice. I just had to trust that she would survive. Lily's like, I can't help my mom here. I'm going to go to Kanto. I'm going to start my journey. Hopefully somebody over in Kanto might have a way to help get my mother out of this. And the final thing is her leaving. She's like, I have to start my life. I can't do this anymore. And so she leaves. And that's sort of like the big story. Like it's an interesting story that Pokemon's like the way to deal with your narcissistic, horrible parents is to reject their views of you mm-hmm. and start your own life and heal. You can't necessarily help them, which was like, you made this game just as an entire, the kids who played this at age 10 were introducing this game to their children. And it's a game saying your parents are probably messing you up. And also you need to deal with how your parents messed you up. Wow. Sediment's a really powerful story. And the interesting thing is they tell a lot of stories in, also, the Pokemon that they choose, like Lily is a mirror with Cosmo in, but it's so important that most of Gladion's Pokemon level through friendship. Oh, interesting. Because oh, Gladion yeah. is so desperate for friends, which is why he joins Team Skull. And team, when you find out that Team Skull was keeping track on Gladion for Lusamine, because Guzma was like, that's my new mom. Yeah. You're like, okay, so you really didn't have friends that weren't in it for reasons other than your mom wanted to keep tabs on you. So the fact that most of his Pokemon evolve through friendship and don't evolve until the end when they're all finally, like he finally understands what friendship is. Like type null is 
become Savali because he's friends with it. Yeah. Like that is a very powerful part of telling, which is why Sun and Moon that is clever. are better stories. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon are better games. They're more fun to play. Yeah, way more fun. Mantine surfing. I mean, how many how many blue skinned like robot people does Sun and Moon have? <laughs> None. But they not enough. They did disservice by not changing the entire story. They kept enough of the Lucimine is a bad mom to make Lily and Gladion seem confusing. Yeah, for sure. But didn't hammer it home. Like I still hold Sun and Moon as probably the best storytelling they've done in a game because they really did say, hey, parents have issues and trauma and they inflict it on their kids and kids, you're going to need to deal with that and maybe not listen to like what a narcissistic parent is. Yeah. Maybe like yeah, that is powerful. put into context the fact that like this woman refused to let Lily be anything other than a mirror of an ultra beast. And the sad thing is, as you learn, she became obsessed because her husband quote unquote died in an ultra wormhole. Oh, yeah. Moan. Except right? you know he's alive with no memory on Pocapelago. You know he lived, but he doesn't remember anything. He just uh, got like spat out and he got has spat out or something. Yeah. He got spat out on an island. It has no memory. Oh, man. They don't know he's alive. They've all got trauma. Terrifying. Yeah. Like she took that trauma out on her kids. Like it is a beautiful story for a Pokemon game that they ruin in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, which is why everybody will tell you to play Sun and Moon. Yeah, they all did. Because the story is so much better. But it, they are worse games. But then like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon held out Mantine surfing to us mm -hmm. out of like the side of their van. And we're just like, yeah, we're in. And episode RR is cool. Yeah. The post game is better. Yeah. The ultra wormholes are better. The Pokemon selection is better. They tightened up a lot of the trials. They made the trials harder. Yeah, it was tough. They made a better game, but in the process ruined the story. Yeah, they half-assed like changing the story. Yeah, they didn't change it enough. Like they really needed like... They took the power out of Lily's story by justifying Lucimine's actions. Lily just becomes this like hanger on in this game. Yeah. Like she was like, I'm thinking back on how we talked about her. It was always just like an annoyance. Some loser. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she and she, in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, she does come across a loser because you don't get the justification of what Lucimine did to her. Yeah. As strong yeah. as you do in Sun and Moon. Like when you walk into that office and Lily's like, these are all the Pokemon I played with as kids. And she has basically either killed them or put them in suspended animation so they can never change. You're like, yikes. Oh, this is dark. Yeah. This is really dark. And when she freaks out that Lily is becoming confident and attacks you for it, you're like, <laughs> okay, lady, what is your deal? You are off the deep end. You are way off the deep end. Well, I regret saving her. I honestly liked Giovanni in Rainbow Rocket a lot yeah. more. And when you yeah. also realize that she based her look off of Feromosa, another Ultra Beast, like that's how deep her obsession goes. You're like, yeah, gross, weird. Nope. Leave her in a coma. Fuck She'd be up. fine in a coma. <laughs> Leave yeah, her there. Absolutely. She could stay in purgatory. Well, it honestly sounds like it would have made me confront kind of deep issues that I'm not ready to confront Correct. myself yet. So I'm glad we played Ultra Sun and Moon. I'm glad I just got to distract myself by shredding waves on the back of a man. Yeah, we'll just swerve away from the trauma. We don't really do that. <laughs> I'm glad we'll be back next week to tie up some loose ends, Josh, because we've got Totem Tally we got to check in on. 
um, I ain't got these Zygards. I got to go hunt down. Yeah. Yeah. Just get a guide. That's so frustrating. We've got null zero in hand. Null type zero in hand. He's ours now. Yeah, we can change RKS system types. I'm not probably not going to. That's not a, a chill. No, be chill by. I mean, you know, the, you know, the connection with the RKS system, right? N- no, no, please. That's Arceus, right? Like she's stolen <laughs> the plate idea oh. from the god Pokemon wow. to try to make this beast to destroy Ultra Beast, which is why type. Null is that weird chimera of things she shoved together. Too bad they made it so ugly. It's just going to live in the box. <laughs> and then forced the Archaea system on it so it can change types. Like, that is also part of the horror story of what Lusamine is. She made that and stole the power of a god to try to take down Ultra Beasts and ultimately become so obsessed with them that she merges with one. Wow, I wish they would say some of these stuff in the game. She is just bizarre. Yeah, good story. Bizarre, bizarre, bizarre person. And then she shows up in Pokemon Masters with her kids. Oh, they're back together. Well, they take the storyline from Sun and Moon because she is on there like, I'm with my kids. My kids don't trust me. Nobody should. Like in Masters, she is dealing with how bad of a person she was and trying to figure out how to well, deal with like her kids. It sounds like they're working through it. Yeah. You're in therapy. Masters adds the, and now they're trying to heal as a family part, which sort of gives a happy ending that Sun and Moon won't give it. <laughs> I guess that's where Gladion was going, because at the end of our credit scene, he just leaves on a boat. Yeah. He goes to uh, Kanto and Johto, which it's funny because we're talking about all the, yeah. like all the regions exist on the same plane. It's just that there are other planes, I guess, reality. Yeah. The sort of idea is that the timeline is not clear. Like none of them necessarily take before or after the other unless they specifically say so. That's how it feels sort of Zelda-y. Yeah, it's definitely like the Zelda timeline at this point. Yeah. Which I'd never realized before. Well, I think they just introduced it. I mean, yeah, this is the when you play them consecutively, you can start piecing it together, which I haven't done before. So I think that's it, Joshua. Do you have anything else you did this week? Did you do any bad guy shit? Did you play ahead? No. I mean, I'm I'm up to <laughs> 92 on the totem tally, so I think I'm holding that down. But I'll give it a shot, but I don't know that I have it in me to dig through and really... I'll have to look at the guide, I guess, at that point. But like, I have no way of figuring out where these eight other ones are. Just a B. Yeah, good luck. Just a B. And I get just a B out of it. A <laughs> Rebombi. Don't make me call another doctor on you, people. <laughs> Yeah, Greg sicked a doctor on us to explain how oh, sorry. Rebombi is not just a bee. It's a bee fly. Sorry, Greg. I I said just a bee. What I meant was just a fly. Yeah. Much better. Show me a fly that wears a <laughs> scarf in nature and tell me that's not cute. The other thing that I love about Rebombi, the last two being Rebombi and Como-O, is Rebombi sneezes and Como-O is out. Because it's four times weak to fairy moves. Because fighting and dragon are both weak oh, yeah. against fairy. So it's like, it looks cool, but Rabambi will come in and wink at it. And it's like, I'm dead. Sorry. <laughs> I Why did I come wow. here? Rabambi sounds really useful in that one situation. Rabambi. Rabambi is actually a, a pretty, pretty good Pokemon if you know how to use it. So since you two don't care. Well, I'm not going to figure out how to use it. So <laughs> <laughs> don't care to learn how to use it. Um, we should go. We should go. We, we got go. more waterfalls. We, we're going to come back next week. week. I think we're going to chase waterfalls. I think we'll probably do another Mantine surfing update. Joshua. I'm going to have to. Yes. So get get your numbers right. You don't need to. <laughs> um, and I suspect we're going to do some ultra wormhole diving because I got a big 
muscly mosquito that's aching for a spot on my yeah, team. Been fiending after that buzz swole this whole season. I know. And I'm finally going to get it. Get my grubby little hands on it. Joshua, let's go. Okay. Bug catchers, thank you for joining us. Greg, thank you once again for coming on. Thank you again. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you for walking us through sun and moon. It sounds like it's a really moving narrative yeah. that they ripped to pieces so that I could shred cool waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sun and moon vindicated. It's a handoff, right? Thank you for having me. I will come back anytime you need a smackdown for your wicked, wicked ways. Keep us in line. Well, you'll have to play along at some point so that we can battle you. I promise you I will play along with Sword and Shield. Okay, great. All right, we got that to look forward to. Where can people find you on the internet? Probably the easiest is the burning garbage pile that is Twitter, at White Wing. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me on Instagram, at Lysander03. Uh, and you can find me on TikTok for no good reason, Lysander003. And is that Team Flare Lysander or a different Lysander? No, it is the... It is the uh, Shakespeare spelling of E-R, not the French spelling of R-E. Good. Okay. People should uh, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and follow the show everywhere that they follow podcasts and that they um, should follow us at ExpSharePod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also check out our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash bugcatchers, where I'm excited to also say we are finally going to do the battle with the winner of the previous trainer of the season, MPAT96, tonight. So we will have nice. oh, yeah, tonight. the results of that battle for our OROS have to do some training <laughs> for next and, week's episode. And the Reddit said I would never be back. Surprise! <laughs> oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. Take that, bug catchers. I wonder if they th they thought that you wouldn't want to come back or w that we wouldn't want to have you back. Either way, they we were We like wrong. to challenge ourselves. I think they were like, ooh, I don't think Tanner's precious ego could handle another <laughs> roasting. Being held accountable for his wicked ways. Well, I couldn't, honestly. <laughs> He's he's learning every day as as an ally. <laughs> I begged Josh not to have you on again. I know. He made me. But <laughs> but face the power of Gay Giovanni, you can't deny. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bug catchers, Greg, Joshua, Alola. 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 Smell you later. Smell you later. Smell you later. <laughs>